Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. It's the ultimate compliment for KU basketball that when they lose, it becomes the lead story. And there was certainly enough news in the last 24 hours and sports headlines for Kansas basketball to not be the lead. We have Donald Trump on this podcast saying he knows who his vice president is going to be. We have Chris Christie on a hot mic just bashing Nikki Haley. We've got Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick all out as head coaches. I mean, it is remarkable what has happened over the last 24 hours in the world of sports and news, politics, things going on in the United States. But we lead with the Kansas Jayhawks because they just don't lose. And they certainly don't lose games like they did on Wednesday night at Central Florida. The backstory on this is pretty simple. Central Florida joins the Big 12. They get smoked up and down in football throughout the season. Most schools come into new leagues and really, really, really struggle. We saw the night before Houston lose to Iowa State. Houston is thought to be the leading contender to push Kansas for the Big 12 title this year. KU, number one in the Big 12 preseason poll. Central Florida, number 14 out of 14 in the preseason poll in the Big 12. Central Florida had lost by 25 points in Manhattan on Saturday, 77-52. Kansas jumped out to a 35-19 lead, and I walked my dog. It's 35-19. Kansas was down 7-0 at the start. It was fun. You get on to DraftKings or MGM Sports, whatever. KU's only a one-and-a-half-point favorite at that point. Everybody's betting it live. Oh, this is easy money. Kansas is up 35-19. People are watching Trump at this point or whatever is on TV and taking their dog out and doing what it is that they do because, well, you know, it's 35-19. Kansas is going to run away with it. And then something crazy happened. The second, well, UCF made a bit of a comeback. Then in the second half, they deploy a zone defense that completely completely obliterates the Kansas offense. Central Florida in the second half of this game outscored KU 14-6 to in the paint. Kansas has the best big man in the country. Central Florida outscored him 14-6 to with a trio of guys just running in there, playing defense, not great offensive players, just running in, playing defense, guarding the basket, and saying, beat us from the outside, Kansas, and Kansas couldn't do it. Now look, the reason this is a lead is because One of two things is happening because ultimately Kansas could and probably should be 0-2 right now in the Big 12. I didn't spend much time on the podcast about this, about the TCU game on Saturday, but if you watched it, it was a complete and utter disaster for the officials. That being said, we never blame officials here at KKHI. We never assign blame and say, hey, this and that because bad calls happen. But when an official walks to a monitor, and we've heard officials, and I've believed officials my entire life, when they walk to a monitor and, and they, they say that they live by, we don't want to determine the outcome of a game. That's not what we're interested in. We just want to call the game and don't want to turn the, determine the outcome. The official looking at a replay for four minutes on a monitor on Saturday at Allen Fieldhouse determined the outcome of the game and didn't have to. He could have let stand what happened on the court and just let's play on. He could have, but they didn't. Kansas then gets four basically free points from the officials and they win the game over TCU. Okay, no problem. I'd make a big deal of it on this podcast. I'm not going to. But now after watching the collapse by Kansas against Central Florida, and again, this could be a complete 
outlier and misnomer because Central Florida went to a zone. But Bill Self is a Hall of Fame coach. You would think he has practiced against a zone at some point this year, but it's pretty apparent now they've spent almost no time working against zone defenses. So they go to the zone in Central Florida, and Kansas can't score. And they score, what, 23 points or something in the second half? A a team that's averaging 80 a game can't score. So this is a problem. But the main story here is we've seen this before. How many times have we seen Kansas somewhere early in the season, normally right in here, actually, normally either in, it's it's never the non-con. They always just beat everybody in the non-con because there are no zones. There isn't much coaching. You're just out there playing and their players are better than the other team. And that's that. And Bill Self knows how to manage a game at the end. And if he gets in a close game against UConn or something, he just wins it. And that's that's kind of the way it goes with Bill Self, right? So in this game, that didn't happen. And Kansas didn't look good Saturday. And now people are asking, uh-oh, what are they as a team? I've seen this before. They rally, they figure it out, and three weeks from now, they'll just be killing people. That's happened a million times before. Just one man's observation when I watch Kansas basketball. They don't have the match. I mean, they have the, you know, they got the gasoline, they have the accelerant, they have the wood. They're ready to start a fire, but they're looking for a match. Where's the match? I need to strike this match to start this fire. They don't have the match. And it's it's hard to explain because Dewan Harris last night had eight assists. He's averaging seven points, some assists a game. He's getting assists, but Kansas doesn't seem to have that lead guard, that ball handler, that spark plug, that guy that can start the fire, that can get it going. Look, they've had stretches where they've played great this year. They have the two top scorers in the Bill Self era in McCullers and Dickinson as a tandem. If they become too reliant on just those two guys, if you take one away, and last night they took Dickinson away with a trio of players, they basically they made him an outside shooter. He hit one big three at the very, very end, but he missed some shots from the outside. If you take that part of their game away, what exactly is Kansas? Are they too reliant on two guys? To me, it isn't necessarily the scoring. It's It looks clunky. And, of course, it looked clunky against the zone defense, but there's been times this year, and against TCU it certainly looked this way, there's times where it just looks clunky. Like, who's got the ball? Who's going to take care of the ball? And who's going to create for the other stars to score? And Kansas doesn't seem to have that. And on this night, they turned it over 18 times. 18 turnovers, which means they don't have a great point guard. Teams with great lead guards or point guards or ball handlers do not turn it over 18 times against Central Florida. And they certainly don't keep turning it over against a zone, which they did. Zones don't force turnovers. They don't. They force you to do things offensively that you don't want to do. That's all they do. I'm always surprised there isn't more zone defense played. A lot of coaches panic when they go into a zone. They'll switch to a zone for a a segment, a four-minute segment of a game. And the team that they're zoning hits hits like one three-pointer. And the coach will just panic and get out of it and say, nope, can't do that. They made a three-pointer. It's bizarre. But this doesn't happen to Kansas. What we saw in this game doesn't happen very often against bad teams. I've seen Kansas lose. I've seen them lose conference games. I've seen them go to Ames. I've seen them go to places against good. I've seen them go to Texas and not look good. I've seen them go to Baylor and not look good. They've struggled a couple of times in Manhattan or played cleaner games, but came out with a loss. It happens. We've seen it, but not the worst team in the league. 
And this is supposed to be the worst team in the league. Now, I know supposed to doesn't matter, but they came in 9-4. and four. They had just lost their first Big 12 game ever by 25 points. They got slaughtered by a Kansas State team that can't score. Kansas State is not a good offensive team. They're going to hang their hat on defense. And somehow now, Kansas State's ahead of KU, tied for first with Baylor. In the Big 12 at 2-0, there's only three teams that are 2-0 in the Big 12, which is crazy. Is this going to be one of those years? Is everybody going to lose five games? I don't think so. I think Kansas writes the ship. They have the coach. More than anything else, they have the experience. My God, this is an old team. These, these guys are old, man. This is an old, experienced basketball team that shouldn't have these problems. The thing that I really didn't like about this game, and I really like him as a player, but I, what I really didn't like is they've got a million-dollar player out there in Hunter Dickinson. We've seen what he can do. We saw him flop in the game on Saturday. He's, he's maybe America's biggest flopper. He has a reputation of that. He came with a reputation of that. It's not an insult. It's just a fact. People know that Hunter Dickinson, but, he, but it worked. It worked Saturday against TCU. It has worked for him. It has served him well. He's a dramatic player. He does have that look of, oh, this game's about me. Which, you know, if you're seven foot four or whatever he is, and you're as good as he is, and you've got a million dollars in your back pocket, you may think that too. This is a new era. We'll get to the coaches in football that are gone. Most specifically, Nick Saban, who's obviously had it with NIL on the transfer portal and is just going to up and retire. More on that in a moment. Hunter Dickinson has the look of a guy that is a little bit selfish. Like, this is all about me. We've seen it in his play at times this year. And at the very end of the game, and not a lot of people saw this, this was one of the dirtiest, cheapest things I've ever seen. Nothing happened because it was after the clock hit zero. He's boxing out for a rebound on a long three because it's a three-point game or whatever. Or KU's, it's five. He's, KU puts up a shot, and Dickinson's boxing out his guy. And the buzzer goes off, and he takes his elbow to the neck area where this guy, where it happened on Saturday to him and just slams the UCF guy all the way to the ground. But it's after the clock has expired. There's no foul, nothing called. And the dude from Central Florida is just laying there on the floor. And Dickinson walks off like a big giant baby. It was an ugly look at the end of the game for the Kansas Jayhawks. It was. Now, it can look ugly when Kansas loses because they don't lose. And they do not handle losing well. It's the sign of good teams. The Chiefs have been through this as well. We've seen it with the Chiefs this year. We've seen the frustration. We've seen Andy and Kelsey. We've seen Mahomes getting on his teammates. We've seen fits against the referees. We've seen all kinds of stuff where the Chiefs look like a bunch of spoiled, rotten brats. It's what happens when you're the best. You cannot handle defeat. And I saw some of that in Kansas last night, and I wonder if it was what I'm describing, that they're so accustomed to winning they just don't know how to lose. Or if they sort of internally know something isn't quite right. I don't have the answer yet, but it will be fascinating to watch Kansas going forward. They play an Oklahoma team that is much better this year. Uh, Coming up this weekend, I believe that game is at Allen Fieldhouse. I'll still check. But the 18 turnovers is not right, and Kansas does not seem to have the match to light the fire. Number one ranked Purdue lost this week. Number two ranked Houston lost this week. Number three KU lost this week. And number five Tennessee lost this week. College basketball is wild. This is good for college basketball. I know you're a Kansas fan. You're listening. You hate all of this stuff. I get it. But this is good for college basketball. This gets people's attention before March. Oh, we're not just coronating people to the one seeds 
in the final fours. We're going to put some ugly losses on people's records. Okay, we'll take a look at this sport and see if it isn't leveling out. Will the result of NIL and complete and utter transfer portal free agency create more parity in college basketball? I didn't, I've never thought of it that way. I just feel like the rich are going to get richer. Kansas is not going to be outbid. I guarantee you that. They have Hunter Dickinson because they spent the most money. They're not going to be outspent. You will not outspend Kansas basketball. They will pay their coach. They will put it into their program and they will pay their players more than anyone in the country. So let's just start right there. But he's got to make the right choice on the players he wants. And he is shifting away from recruiting high school kids to let's go get 24-year-olds and put them in the program and go kick people's butt with the oldest team in college basketball or at least the oldest stars in college basketball because coaches love older players. I don't want to draw too much into this loss. All I know is I was shocked. I don't, I don't watch Kansas against bad teams lead 35-19 and just fall apart and lose. I, I, don't, I don't remember seeing this. That's not a good team. UCF is not making the NCAA tournament. That's not a good team. Mark the tape. Email me back at the end of the year if I'm wrong. If Central Florida finishes in the top eight, then awesome. They're going to make the NCAA tournament, but they're sitting at 10 and four right now. And they've got some ugly losses. They do have a marquee win. They got a marquee win. Wow. That was just shocking on Wednesday night. Not any more shocking than Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick out of coaching football in a 24-hour period. Gonzo, all of them. Hall of Fame coaches out. Nick Saban dropped the mic, said seven national championships is enough. Six of those at Alabama, 17 years there. Everyone that knows him is saying the same thing. This is about NIL and the transfer portal. This coach ain't up to it. This is not how it works. Nick Saban is old school. He liked to recruit kids that are 18, get them into the program. By the time they're 20, they're studs. Take them off after three or four years and send them off to the NFL and develop them into men and real players. And now what it's come down to is how do I keep my quarterback How do I keep my pass rusher? Where are we going to get the money to keep this guy? How are we going to do this and keep him from transferring? Okay, I've got a hole in my roster. Which player out there do I want to go buy and bring in here? And he was creating a situation on his roster of haves and haves-nots, which he had dealt with in the NFL when he was with the Dolphins, and it sucked for him. He hated pro football as a head coach. Dealing with the personalities, dealing with the money, having a roster of 53 players where 10 to 12 of them are insanely rich, and the other 40 are just hoping to stay on the roster and play next year. Is a weird dynamic in the NFL. And now that's what college football is. And Nick Saban is out. What an unbelievable career, Nick Saban. And I, you know, I applaud the man. I applaud him for recognizing and saying, this is not what I signed up for. This isn't what I do. Jessica immediately asked me, is Nick Saban going to be an analyst? I said, I don't think so. He doesn't have much of a personality or delivery. And he's in his 70s, and I think it's a whole lot of golf. And maybe he works as a consultant at Alabama and helps them out or, you know, does whatever. I'm not really sure. Pete Carroll forced out by the Seahawks. He thought he was coming back as head coach. He stays on as a special consultant or advisor to the Seattle Seahawks and said he enjoyed every minute of his run. And he did. Pete Carroll is a legendary coach. He is not in the same ilk as the two goats. Nick Saban may be remembered as the greatest college coach of all time. Bill Belichick will be remembered as the greatest pro coach of all time. Bill Belichick, six Super Bowl victories in New England. Three straight days of meetings with Robert Kraft and ownership about moving forward with the New England Patriots, and it has ended with Bill Belichick out. 
I'm guessing this was a mutual decision. Bill Belichick is going to look around and will want to coach somewhere else. I don't know about Pete Carroll. I don't know if somebody wants to hire him and bring him on or, or whether he's too old and that's it. And he stays with Seattle in an advisory capacity because he is going to be a, a Hall of Famer and he is going to be a Seahawks Hall of Famer, certainly. Uh, but Bill Belichick's a wild card here. He's not young. He clearly knows how to coach defense. Is his way of coaching too old school for the modern player? I think that's what any owner will ask about considering Bill Belichick for their head coach. But I don't remember a time where we saw something like this with so many big-name coaches all at once. Just all at once, man. Boom. In, did you realize in 24 hours, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll retired and Kansas lost to Central Florida? What? I, I'm not even getting started on a lot of the other stuff that happened in sports. It's crazy what's going on. We'll get to some of it here in a moment. Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock's fight, Eric Spolstra and what he pulled over on his wife that he divorced. I mean, it's unbelievable the news that happened. It's just crazy time. KKHI is brought to you by Window World, simply the best for less. Folks, it's really simple. These are American-made windows, doors, and siding products. American-made with lifetime warranties. And they're the lowest-priced windows and doors you can find. If you're considering something on your home to make it more energy efficient, or if you have a rental property that really needs new windows, they're rotting out, they're gross, the air's getting in, all that stuff, man, Window World can save you a whole bunch of money. They also have financing available. Remember, it's a lifetime warranty from Window World, simply the best for less. Online at windowskansascity.com. Window World's the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs. Bstock.net. My guy Chris and his gang over at Bstock are just incredible. They really want you to watch playoff football with an 85-inch TV if you have room for it. A $1,300 Samsung TU7000 85-inch is down to $899. They'll deliver that most places around Kansas City. That's just crazy. They've also got an 85-inch Q60B at $999 if you want to step it up a little bit. That's an even better television for $100 more more dark blacks and richer colors. Beautiful. If you're looking for a uh, laptop, the Lenovo ThinkPad L14 is just $399 while supplies last. They're brand new factory sealed from Lenovo. In-store promos include Vizio. Vizio is 25% off anything Vizio. And they have appliances. Bstock.net is 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. And the Finch Knife Company is running a sale through Tuesday, January 16th. 20% off site-wide. Every single pocket knife at Finch Knife Company for the first time ever is on sale. 20% off. The exclusions are the McCoy and the Runty XL. They have two models that just came out. Those are not discounted, but there's probably 20 other models on there or more of Finch pocket knives to choose from that are now 20% off. The sale prices are also good through their dealer network. So that's either online at other sites, you can get the 20% off, or if you go retail to Shields and want to buy one, 20% off, the easiest way is finchknifeco.com. Finchknifeco.com, the newest design, Hellfire, is headed to the dealers in mid-February. You just got to love these guys and the names of their knives. The Hellfire is coming in February from Finch Knife Company. Keep life from getting dull. Okay, here we go. Kansas City Chiefs, we keep trotting things out for you before this wickedly cold game Saturday night against the Miami Dolphins. We now know that Patrick Mahomes is 10-1 and in games under 40 degrees and has a 94.1 quarterback rating. Two is 0-4 in those games. 
Tua is also, this is unbelievable, Tua is 6-13 and 13 in games under 70 degrees. I don't know what to read into that, other than they weren't very good for a while. But 6-3 and three under 70 degrees and a 57 quarterback rating is absolutely dreadful. Mike McDaniel's news conference this week, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he estimates 40% of his roster has never played a game under 50 degrees. Okay, well, they definitely played a playoff game last year under that, or played at the end of the year under that. I know that. They played a game in Buffalo that was under 50 degrees. Did half their roster turnover from last year? That's possible, and here's why. Five linebackers are out for the Dolphins. Five. And their top three pass rushers are out. They signed Justin Houston this week. They have like a dozen injuries from the start of the year. Off the, not, not available to play in this game. So when he says 40% of his roster has never played in a game under 50 degrees, he may be right. He could be talking about college kids from the practice squad, you know, that played at Florida or something, or in the SEC or Pac-12 or whatever, and haven't. This roster is decimated. We have not talked about that enough this week. I, there, there is no single reason for the Chiefs to lose this game. There's nothing. There is no matchup advantage for the Dolphins here. The only thing you could think is, what if Tua goes off and Tyreek gets loose? But guess what? Nobody's gotten loose against the Chiefs this year. Not one receiver. The best game was what? Devontae Adams got a 77 yards and a touchdown or something one of the times they played him? Tyreek Hill had how many? 40 yards against the Chiefs or something? He didn't do much in that game. He's starting to drop the ball. They're acting like they're disengaged. I think there's a chance that this is really easy for the Chiefs. I think there's a chance that the Dolphins have a lot of quit in them, that they realize their team is not here, that their their roster is it's bad. They're trying Justin Houston got signed. He played for Carolina this year. Halfway through the year, he pulled a hamstring. He only had nine tackles and a half sack on the year. He's healthy now, and so Justin Houston's going to play for the Dolphins, who's way past his prime. Oh, and by the way, he hasn't played for a couple of months because he's been hurt. Their, their roster is a mess, folks. It's an absolute disaster. There is nothing here to dislike about this matchup with the Chiefs and Dolphins, and it scares the hell out of me. I'm going to bet on the Chiefs. The line has moved like a point, point and a half up. Uh, all the money's on the Chiefs. Everybody sees these numbers. Everybody sees this matchup. Everybody sees the Miami injuries. Everybody knows the statistics of playing the cold. Everybody sees all this stuff, and everybody's betting on the Chiefs. I will too, but I am scared. This looks too easy. This looks too easy. It's not all roses with your Kansas City Chiefs. Daily Caller, which is a site that I go to every single day. Tucker Carlson founded Daily Caller, co-founded with his college roommate. It's mostly politics, but they do some sports on there. It's pretty cool. It's a really good site. Daily Caller is a must-read every day for all of you. Uh, I think David Hookstead wrote this, or one, one of their writers wrote this. The headline is, NFL hype video is straight-up trash and team deserves to lose. So teams put out hype videos in advance of big games or sometimes just weekly games. And so everybody puts out a hype video in advance of the playoffs to get the fan base pumped up. They put it out there. Social media shares it. The news channels show it. It's all great. 
The Chiefs put out the single worst hype video in the history of hype videos on Wednesday. And the Daily Caller has called them out. Now, America hates the Chiefs. So take this with a grain of salt. I've watched it from start to finish. It was cringeworthy. They asked Mitch Holtis to act. He can't act. There are professional actors in it. There's one little moment in here that's kind of cute and clever and funny. It's basically a three and a half minute rom-com movie of a man and a woman who are starting a relationship, but she doesn't like him because he's too dedicated to football. And the Chiefs, it's a Chiefs video. He's too much of a Chiefs fan. You'll have to watch it yourself and make your own judgment. Some of you may think it's cute and clever. (laughs) It certainly isn't a hype video. It may be something to get passed around social media and get people talking, but it doesn't make you go, oh God, I can't wait for this game. That's not what it is. Daily Caller, NFL team's hype video, straight up trash. Team deserves to lose. (laughs) That's kind of what I love about Daily Caller and their headlines. You know, headlines have changed through the years. And maybe that's the best part of all the things that have changed in journalism. The best thing is the headlines because they're just so truthful now. And they're written in such a way on steroids that you, if they're written the right way, you have to click on it. Like it doesn't say which team I had to click on this. I thought, uh oh, what if this is the Chiefs? And yep, it was the Chiefs. And there it was. NFL teams hype video, straight up trash. Team deserves to lose. How do you not click on that? How do you not click on that? I think the Chiefs take care of the Dolphins on Saturday night. Oh, boy, I'm getting a lot of emails from you about the Stephen A. Smith-Jason Whitlock fight. To be honest, I'm probably too close to this. I'm not going to give you a lot of great commentary or insight. I've well chronicled my history with Jason Whitlock. And and 20 years ago, I would have echoed everything Stephen A. Smith is saying. But I don't think that's fair. I think Jason Whitlock truly has changed his life around. I don't think he hands out in strip clubs with prostitutes. I don't think that he is the unhealthy, completely immoral person that I knew. I I think he's a better man. And I want to give him a completely fair shake here. Even though he completely ignores me, I've reached out to him to have him on the podcast, to interview him, to talk to him. He will have nothing to do with me. He will not respond. Uh, as recently as two weeks ago, I emailed him again at an email that he gave out when he was co-hosting the Glenn Beck show, looking for topics for the show for the next day. And I emailed him and said, Jason, I hope you're well, man. It looks like you're doing great. And it was a special email they just set up for topics for the Glenn Beck show while he was co- uh, guest hosting it. And I told him about this Satan club at Olathe Northwest High School. I said, you might find this interesting because religion seems to be his thing. And doing something on a satanic club at Olathe Northwest, I thought would be in his wheelhouse. No response. He has nothing to do with me. He hates me. I can tell you that he hates me still. And I I would only say this, compared to what Stephen A. Smith said, we'll get into that in a second. uh, There's no way that everything you're seeing and hearing from Jason Whitlock is completely genuine. There's no way. If he was as born-again Christian and walking the walk every single day about the things that he talks about in his Christianity and his faith, he would at the very least return my email and say, buzz off, I'm not doing it. Please don't contact me again. He would at least do that, but he won't. And the fact that he won't tells me that that spiteful, mean, dark person that I knew 20 years ago somewhere is still in there. Even if it's a very small part of what he is, there's still some of that there. He harbors things and won't let go. And I don't understand it. Look, 
our feud was very simple. He didn't like his hours working in the morning. It was a secondary, I was a co-founder and co-owner of a company where he treated it like a secondary job because he worked at the Kansas City Star. He took naps on the couch while Stephen St. John carried the show. He spent 30 minutes in the bathroom sometimes because of health issues. I'm sorry, not health issues, eating disorder. Okay, he didn't have a health issue. He was a young man. He went and sat on the toilet for 30 minutes at a time and missed the show. And when we bring these things up and say, you know, you either got to take this seriously or maybe you should just stick to the newspaper. I, I don't know which. He wasn't very good. He was not very talented at radio in any way. And he hated me because our ratings were double in the afternoon what his were in the morning. Then he left, orchestrated a leave, and, and took people from us, went up against us on the other station in the afternoon, and we killed him there. I mean, slaughtered him. Killed him, killed Nick Wright, killed all these people. I mean, four to one, 14 shares to threes, bombs away. It was not even close. We just absolutely slaughtered all of them. That's when I began to get haters. 23 different radio shows went up against Between the Lines, and they all lost in the time that I was hosting in the afternoon. Every single one of them lost. Jason never got over that. He was so sure when he left that he was going to, he used to say, oh, we got a yell leader as the afternoon host. Yell leader. I was never a yell leader. I don't even know what that is. I was first team All-State shortstop, Jason. Does that count for anything? He still didn't care. So it goes way back. I absolutely would bury the hatchet. No problem. I've invited him on this podcast. He won't have anything to do with me. And so something is still there that isn't right with Jason Whitlock. I can tell you that. So he goes after Stephen A. Smith because a book Stephen A. Smith wrote where he made this ridiculous claim, and I do believe Jason on this, that Stephen A. Smith is lying and fabricating stuff in his book about how great he is. I believe that. It is so touched a nerve with Stephen A. Smith. They used to work together at ESPN, and I'm guessing they were mortal enemies because they were, they were, they were both pining for the same coveted space. I want to be the lead outrageous black voice at ESPN. And Stephen A. Smith won. He beat Whitlock. Okay, Whitlock doesn't take losing well. So there was room for one giant black voice at ESPN, and Stephen A. Smith became that, and they fired Whitlock. He's been fired a lot of places. He's a difficult employee, doesn't get along with others. All these things are true. I don't know Stephen A. Smith. I had him on my radio show one time. I don't know him to say this is what kind of person he is or whatever. I don't know him. I, I find his shtick sometimes entertaining. I don't watch any of it when he's talking about basketball because I couldn't care less. But when he's talking NFL, I'll watch it. I don't like his Dallas Cowboys rants because they just seem small time to me at this point. But he went on his podcast and unloaded on Whitlock, called him a fat piece of shit. Said, quote, I hate this bastard, unquote. He's the worst human being any of you will ever meet. I mean, what Stephen A. Smith did in response to Jason Whitlock is unprecedented. This has never happened. He did it on his podcast and explained, I own this podcast. I'm not working for ESPN right now. This is my podcast. This is not ESPN. And the things that he said were, I believe, Stephen A. Smith, unprofessional, over the line, and me thinks he protests too much. Whitlock clearly is right about much of what he said about Stephen A. Smith, or Stephen A. Smith would have ignored it. It's been easy for ignore Jason Whitlock saying I was a yell leader or I was this or I was that. 
it's been very easy for me to ignore those things. It's when they get you on something you know you're doing wrong that hurts the most. That's what Stephen A. Smith looked like he responded to, to me. So if you're just asking me to be the judge on this one, and I just heard closing arguments, I think Whitlock wins this round. We'll see where it goes, but I think Whitlock wins. I still don't know the point other than Jason is attention starved. It's funny. He does so much content on social media and how young people today are attention starved and want clicks and want attention and want all this and that. Man, that's Jason. There's never, I've never met a person that wants clicks and downloads and views and people talking about him more than Jason Whitlock. I am not that guy. I've run from that. I don't do video on my podcast. I don't do much social media. I don't want any of it. I like the the creativity, the art of creating audio content, hosting it, and having you listen to it. That's all I need. I don't need to be famous. I don't need to go anywhere else. I hear from folks all the time, you should be doing more, you should be doing this. I'm like, this is what I do. I do audio. And I found something that a lot of people seem to like in act three of my career, and it's enough. I don't need to be a national. I was a national discussion for a week one time, and that was enough. Actually, a couple of times. We, when we did share the wealth, it happened again. Um, there have been times, and it's enough. It's, it's, it's not what I want. I, don't, I really don't want the attention and fame. I don't, I don't want any of that. Jason can't live without it. So he got, Stephen A. Smith played right into his hands. Amazing. Our final sports note is also under the heading of life. We call this podcast Sports, Politics, and Life. This is life. I sent this to some buddies, and we're all in agreement. This is terrible. Ladies, do not take offense to this. But I'm a man, and I'm doing a podcast, and I do the truth here. This is what I do. I just tell it like it is. I've run this story across six or seven guys, and they all said that they all either sent back thumbs up or way to go or whatever. Most men do not believe that the divorce laws in this country are fair. I'm just going to say that. I've yet to meet a man that thinks the divorce laws state by state or in this country are fair. Eric Spolstra got divorced from his wife, Nikki. They announced in November they were doing this to finalize it. Oh, he's the head coach of the Miami Heat, and she was a cheerleader. It's against the rules for players to date cheerleaders, but he does. So he starts dating this cheerleader, then he marries her. They've got a couple of kids, and several years later, they're getting a divorce. They announce in November, it's going to be amicable, everything's good. I guess in the last week or two, the divorce was final. And once it was final and everything was sealed, there's nothing in the future. There's nothing going forward. Here's the settlement. Here's your money. This is that. It's over. That's it. There's a, there's a finality to it. This is not going to be ongoing as the kids are growing up, whatever. He's responsible for funding the kids and taking care of, you know, what all these things. But this is it. Here's your money and it's over. As soon as the ink is dry on the divorce, Spolster signs a, signs a $120 million record contract with the Miami Heat to continue to be their coach. She gets none of it. He went through a divorce and turned down a new contract so she wouldn't get any of it. And the second the divorce is over, he signs a $120 million deal and it is all his. You know what I say? Good for him. I'm sorry. You can get mad if you want. That's just business. That's just business. She ain't hurting. I mean, she's probably walking away with $25 million. At least. It's all going to be fine. Nikki Spolstra is going to be okay. But she got zero from the new contract. 
Well, the prices for Chiefs tickets are not going to zero, but they are low. All right, this is a real thing. If you want to go to the game, these tickets are now under 100 bucks, and there's a 15% promo code for the Chiefs game Saturday night, KKHI15. That's KKHI15 at ticketsforless.com. Now, when they're changing up these promo codes, sometimes there's some confusion on the side. A gentleman was wanting to go to a concert, and apparently yesterday the promo code KKHI didn't work properly for something else. Listen, if you have any issues ever with the promo code that I give you on this podcast, just call them at 913-685-3322. It is a local number. You get a person on the phone, just say, listen, Kevin said he's got a promo code. I want to save more money. They are so friendly and nice. Great. You just save your money. They'll do it for you. If you or if you just don't even want to get on the website and you want to call your personal ticket concierge for any event, we're thinking about we're going out to uh, Arizona next weekend for a couple of nights and the Eagles are playing out there, the band. We're thinking about doing that. And I may, because I don't know the arena well, I may just call them up and say, listen, look around the arena, find what I, you think I'd like and let's do it that way. They'll do that for you, Tickets for Less. 685-3322, Chiefs Tickets, promo code KKHI15. And it's 15% off your entire order at ticketsforless.com. Buck Disposal is online at buckdisposal.com. Most people who use big dumpsters and disposals in Kansas City, I'm not talking about the one that you regularly have from like waste management or something behind your business. This is for a project. Like Ron Buck is a roofer. They tear the roofing off. It has to go in a dumpster that gets hauled away from the job site. It's usually a one or two day thing, but sometimes keep, people keep these dumpsters for a week. Ron Buck now has a disposal company for people in business like this. Whether you're a home remodeler, you're a builder, anything with a job site, moving or cleaning, municipalities, landscape companies, tree companies, buckdisposal.com. He tells me that almost everybody in the city deals with out-of-town corporations and their customer service is just awful. Awful. You can't get the dumpster when you want it. You can't get the bin when they won't come pick it up when they're supposed to. Ron says, my customer service will be better than anybody in this city. Give them a try. Buckdisposal.com. And the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan is online at bluemonthotel.com. If you're scheduling business meetings for this year or corporate getaways for your employees, consider Manhattan this spring and summer. Get away from Kansas City for a little staycation, do some business in one of their great meeting rooms. There's all kinds of things to do in Manhattan. Of course, Colbert Hills is right there. There's also a lake. There's excellent dining and shopping. Manhattan is the second fastest growing city in America, if you can believe that. And the Bluemont Hotel is proud to be part of that. If you'd like to do some business or a personal getaway, contact them by logging on to bluemonthotel.com. And don't forget Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center and Restaurant. Pour your own Frosty right off the wall. And we haven't even gotten the news yet. Donald Trump did a town hall on Fox News last night and said he knows who his vice president is. They didn't follow up very well. It was almost like they didn't hear him. Brett Baer and Martha McCallum didn't say, okay, whoa, 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 let's go back to this. Wait, you know who your vice president is? They never followed up. Never followed up. I heard people guessing that it could be Lee Zeldin or Elise Stefanik or uh, Tim... Uh, Senator from South Carolina. Oh, boy, I heard all kinds of different people. I've heard Chris, uh, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota. I, and, and that's possible. I think Christy Nome is possible. It will be an okay choice, but you've got that state already. I don't know what she brings other than she's female. I don't believe in checking boxes. 
I'll tell you who I think it is. I think it's Vivek Ramaswamy. And I don't think you're checking boxes. I think he's the best guy. Vivek Ramaswamy is a stud. I'm sorry. Y'all can get as mad as you wanted me. He's going to be a force in four years. He's going to be an absolute force. He is owning social media. He is owning the young vote. He did a video with a guy named Shaney Rich this week. Shaney Rich is a young conservative dude who's a social media influencer. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers. The little thing they put up was three minutes long. They're standing out in a snowstorm in Iowa. And Vivek turns to Shaney Rich and says, watch this. I'm going to solve all of America's problems faster than you can do this Rubik's Cube. And he hands him a Rubik's Cube. And the guy completes the Rubik's Cube in like three minutes. And Vivek is just kind of like freestyling, going off on all these different issues, the border, taxes, the FBI. It is unbelievable. I couldn't stop watching. I sent it to everybody that I know. It's ridiculous. He did a sit down with Shaney Rich on YouTube and it got millions of views. YouTube has now permanently banned the man named Shaney Rich from saying he broke policies. Vivek Ramaswamy doing social media with kids. This guy can't be 23 that's doing this. Vivek Ramaswamy out there with young people doing stuff that all young people are seeing on their phones has now permanent Vivek Ramaswamy's guy that he's been working with this week in media has been permanently banned from YouTube. They do not want people to see Vivek. Big tech, they're terrified of this guy. He's the only young person in America that you could easily see being president. He's 38. He ain't Pete Buttigieg. This guy built a billion-dollar company all on his own. Vivek is something else now. I think that's who Trump wants. And I think he's the perfect fit because he is also an outsider. You don't have to attach him to a state. It's two billionaires. It's, it's a self-made dude. Uh, it's an Indian-American. His parents were immigrants. Vivek has a, has a way of delivering policy to the mainstream that Trump does not have. Trump appeals to your emotion. Tr- you love Trump. He's a fighter. You love his personality. You love all those things. That's what Trump's great at. Trump is bigger than the room. Vivek Ramaswamy is the smartest guy in the room. He's just been annihilating the press in Iowa as they come after him. And every town hall that he does, these climate activists are showing up and he's giving them the microphone. And he says, you get a minute, take your time, make your best argument, then you respect me and let me answer you. And he just destroys these people. If Trump doesn't have Vivek Ramaswamy as his vice president, or his chief of staff, I'm going to be really disappointed. This guy needs to be in the game for this party and for the future of our party. I sent this to my middle son, who is always on the fence with candidates. His number one issue this year, I'm telling you right now, his number one issue, he's 29 years old, his number one issue is both candidates are too old. I want somebody younger. And do you know how many young people are out there looking for that and they're seeing Vivek Ramaswamy right now? And then he says things that make sense, and they go, well, yeah, that sounds right. I don't think nearly enough people are talking about what Ramaswamy is doing for conservatism in America right now. It's really important. You, may, you and I may not be consuming it all. The young people are really seeing it. It's amazing. Oh, they had a news conference in Chicago. They came out and said, boy, we, you know, we, we have all this tax money. We took all this money. 
We bought 77,000 iPads, laptops, and devices for the Chicago School District worth $23 million. Well, it was actually more than that. It was more devices, and it was more money. It was a lot more. They had a news conference to announce that from all the stuff they bought, $23 million worth of iPads, laptops, and devices, 77,000 in total are gone. They're missing. They gave this stuff out to the school kids in Chicago, and they stole it. Resold it on eBay. Resold it on the street. Traded it in for drugs. Did whatever. $23 million worth of electronics issued to Chicago students. 77,000 devices in total are gone. Gone. Stolen. Jesus. Chicago. Good news in Ohio. The governor there, DeWine, was, well, he was going to veto. They passed a bill in Ohio that said that bans mutilation of minors and bans men from competing in women's sports. DeWine says, knock yourself out. I'm going to veto that. That'll never be law here. On Wednesday, the legislature overrode him with a supermajority. Yes, there were Democrats that crossed over and said, this is ridiculous. We got to stop doing this to kids and men got to stop playing in women's sports. Governor DeWine's veto has been overridden. It's not finalized yet, but it looks like that is about to become law in Ohio. And I think that's outstanding. I think that's just awesome. Our final final today is brought to you by Back9 Development online at back9development.com, Kansas City's custom home builders. They also build in outerlying areas within a couple of hours of Kansas City. So if you have rural land or uh, you're outside the city and you'd like to build a home, not a problem. TJ will work within a couple of hour radius of Kansas City. Back9development.com, your custom home builder is online at back9development.com or call TJ personally at 785-236-0161. Ideal Health KC is Dr. Kip Van Camp. This is regenerative medicine. This is the future of medicine. Let your body work for you. Your tissue and your blood can heal what ails you. It can fix your pain. It can slow Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. There is so much good being done with regenerative medicine. Big Pharma is scared to death of these folks. This 15 years ago was somewhat controversial. It is in no way controversial now. It is proven safe. What is unsafe about putting stuff from your body back into your body? Where it needs it. Sit down with Dr. Kip Van Camp, and this may be your solution if you're living in pain. Give it a try. You know how if you cut your finger, it scabs up and heals itself? That's all this is. You don't go running for medicine when you get a paper cut, do you? No, but a week later, it's gone, right? It's healed. That's what this is. This is your body healing itself. IdealHealthKC.com. And Tim Cross and his team over at Cross Kitchens, online at CrossKitchensKC.com. Get something new this year. Remodel your home with Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's remodeler, online at crosskitchenskc.com. Our final final is a group in Southern California that came together. They came up with a logo. They trademarked and had initial interest from a sponsor for adding a bowl game to the bowl schedule next year called the Irrelevant Bowl. Their idea is real simple. We know what Mr. Irrelevant is. It's the last player taken in the NFL draft. Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the 49ers, was Mr. Irrelevant. The Irrelevant Bowl simply was going to take, by their own poll, because bowls are based on polls, right? By their own poll, 
They were going to take the two worst teams in America and find out who's worst. This year, it would have been Vanderbilt. And, oh boy, I'm so sorry. I don't know the other team. A smaller school in Ohio, maybe. But it was Vanderbilt against one of them. And they said it would have been this matchup. Maybe Miami of Ohio. And they would have played against each other in the Irrelevant Bowl. They petitioned the NCAA. They need a waiver to do this. They've got a sponsor on the hook. They're ready to do it and get on TV and get America's eyeballs watching who's the worst team in America. That sounds better than about 20 other bowl games I saw this year. The NCAA has said, no, we're not giving you a waiver. There is no chance we're going to let you have a game to decide who's the worst. And my response to that is, why not sue the NCAA? They have polls and panels and just let boards decide who plays who in all these other games. Why should you be allowed to keep other schools from playing a 13th game? Doesn't seem right to me. I hope they file a lawsuit. I don't know where it will go, but I hope they file a lawsuit. Say, we reserve the right to pick the two worst teams in America and play the Irrelevant Bowl every year. We'll pay the money. We'll give kids money and prizes, and we'll get a TV sponsor, and they get to play another football game. The Irrelevant Bowl. Shot down by your NCAA. That's it for this episode of KKHI. Thank you so much for hitting the like or follow button. Remember, all of our sponsors are at thekklist.com. I don't remind you that enough. I still get a lot of emails saying, hey, where can I find this? Where can I find that? I'm more than happy to help you, but sometimes it takes me a while to respond. And I always feel bad if it's six hours later and you're trying to find a promo code or something at MyPillow and I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't responded for six hours, you maybe have left your computer and forgotten what you're doing. I want to capture you right when you're ready to buy. I want you to support these sponsors and give them a chance. And the best way to do that is to just remember the KK list. If you have any question about any of our sponsors and you can't remember the name, you know, of whatever, Ideal Health, whatever, the KK list, thekklist.com, the, T-H-E, thekklist.com. Everybody's right there on one page and you can do it in a jiffy. We really appreciate you considering all of our sponsors and giving them the opportunity to earn, not just get, to earn your business and keep it. That's very important to us at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at thekklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.